Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. It's the isolation specials, Joe. Joel. 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 <laughs> Queen Joe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've, I, just, I just forgot to put the L You've, on the end. You were saying just before we started recording that you think you're losing your mind. and I, I honestly think I am losing it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, all I'm doing is recording podcasts, which is great, <laughs> but... I'm just sitting on my own talking. I don't, I don't, I don't know, mate. You've lost I don't it. Know. You've fully lost it. Anyway, how are you, Mark? I feel like I feel like I was doing really well for the first week. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine, but like that. Why did I call you Joe? Don't know, mate. I don't know. I, I think I was fo- so focused on calling it the the self isolation. Spe- I don't know what I said. I don't know. How are you, Joe? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. you know, surviving. Your, your spirits up, yeah. No, yeah. You, you know, you're still not. You're not in America. You feeling sort of back to normal? Yeah, brilliant, pretty back to normal. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That's lovely. Mm. So, um, what? What else? I, I can't remember what we do with this. This is the extra. This is a bonus one. It is. It's like, but we're gonna. It's not a bonus one. No, because we're just gonna be doing two a week now. Yeah. So it's not bonus. It's just the norm now. Yes, because I've been working. I've been working hard, Joel. You've recorded so many, Mark. I can't really keep up. I'm recording lots, and there's some great stuff. Um, so last week, this the last episode, we should say, I suppose now, Joel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was Kevin McCarthy. Yay. That was a good one. That got lots of nice feedback, Joel. I, I mean, a more professional would have prepared the feedback, but instead of that, you, you've been busy, I've Mark. Actually, you haven't got much time on your hands. <laughs> I got we got, I got a nice message from Tom Henwood. He said he loves the podcast and he's been binging them. Oh, well and then Tom. he had an idea for one. He said, I can't remember who you mentioned this joke with, but I think babies are outgoing. That was one of my little facts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I did, as in, you know, coming out yes. of a woman. Yes, we all understand, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we will be better as newborns. They're outgoing. That's quite a good that idea. Good. Newborns, they're outgoing. Well, when you do, I think that's very. When good. you do a new material gig in about nine months' time, maybe you can give that a go. I, I, I'm, it's going to go on the list, mate. Good. It's going to go on the list. Thanks, Tom Hemwood. 
Good stuff. Love hearing feedback from people, don't we, Joel? We do. We do. So please Any get feedback, your feedback at, in. At Jokes with Mark. Uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast, we've now got a Patreon. We have. Uh, and you can find that on my social medias, in my bios. So if you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, then you can do that. And we'd also, in exchange, <laughs> give you some bonus yeah, content, won't we, Joel? we will. And the bonus content is coming out on Friday, isn't it, Joel? Yes, that's right, Mark. And what's it going to be, Joel? It's going to be extra unheard, too hot for TV cuts from uh, <laughs> the Reese James episode and today's episode, <sighs> Mark, with which is with... Desiree Birch! Hashtag Awooga to all of you uh, self-isolated... <laughs> Joke lovers. Do, dudes... <laughs> Oh, Joel, what's happening? Let's hear from Desiree, who is able to put sentences together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's Desiree. Enjoy it. Well, I've heard that that's meant that, you know, because you need a room that's like not going to bounce sound around, that's going to absorb it like a sound studio, which I don't have. And maybe you do. So I think the trick for that is to be under a duvet. Um, so I, I'm I don't know around. if I could take you seriously while you're under a duvet. I'm, well, no, I'm in a duvet. I'm, I'm my body's under a duvet. My head is underneath this like lovely like woolen throw blanket. I look like I'm doing some kind of weird, you know, like I feel like we're ceremony. only on lockdown day two and you lost it already. Yeah, no, I'm telling you ghost stories of jokes that have died before and have come back to haunt me. <laughs> That's um, perfect. And I'm underneath this, although I don't have a flashlight, so I can't see any of these things. Let's see if I can do it from memory. Um, this is so weird. And the thing is, like, we haven't hung out a lot. So, like, this is the no. beginning of our friendship. Is <laughs> But I feel like it's going well. We're one minute... For 20 seconds in and I feel like we've known each other years for years right well we're already but, I mean at least I'm in bed so we're half in bed together so like that's that's a thing but, of beauty but this already. is this is the only way people are going to communicate for the next five years I think yeah this is this is uh the COVID future I uh yeah. what the hell's going to happen to us as uh as comedians and what's going to happen to society what's going to happen is people, I don't know anything anymore it's madness yeah I mean how are you coping with it are you on your own in I, the house yeah so I'm on my own i got um a cat like a couple of days ago before we went into lockdown oh, that's lucky first ever sort of have you eaten it yet own. no and it hasn't eaten me but that's part of the reason <laughs> to get a cat because i'm a woman in my 40s so if i die alone i don't want anyone bearing the burden of dealing with my body like it the cat will eat me after a couple of weeks and like you know that's me taking care of myself and thinking about society and i think that single women don't get enough credit for those kinds of uh responsible actions <laughs> Um, I feel like this is a bit already. No, like, I mean, this I is get, great. I g- good. I need to make this into something, but it's difficult. Well, this was one of the bits that I wanted to work on because it was, I mean, this wasn't quite the bit, but it was something about like, like thinking, cause I'd been thinking about getting a cat. Like I wasn't a cat person. And then my ex was a cat person and I'm allergic to cats. And he was like, you're not that allergic. And then we got a cat. And then, you know, you just get into them cause they're around and you get the toxoplasmosis from like cleaning up their poop. So it makes you like them more. So then I was like, okay, you I get guess the like, what? toxoplasmosis is the thing that comes from like cat poop sometimes. And so oh. why pregnant women can't be around cats cause it can affect the fetus and stuff, but it's oh, like changes your brain. So one, it makes you like, like cats more. So 
they're they are like an infectious bacteria or something you know they are <laughs> oh, parasitic there's a link. they know right <laughs> you know and then they like they make you like them more and also toxoplasmosis makes you um more uh prone to fits of rage and it also makes you more fearless you know so you're like so it's like those women the middle-aged women who have cats who are just like i don't give a fuck like part of that is because their brain's been altered by the amount of cats that they've surrounded themselves wow with. i'm a bit worried about you on your own with the cat yeah like, I'm gonna what, come you, what are you gonna do feral and crazy <laughs> like well the good thing is i live in this country so i no longer have access to guns i mean i didn't have any before i moved here but i certainly yeah. don't have any now so that's useful um but yeah i i had the thought because like i'd been in this long-term relationship that brought me to the uk and then you know and then i moved out and i had a roommate because i was like i probably shouldn't be on my own right now after coming out of this relationship and that was for a year and then i moved into a place on my own because i was just happy to be just a shade under 40 and living on my own for the first time in my life right and then like it wasn't until like i got like food poisoning or something and like a delivery came and the doorbell rang and i went to be like can someone get and then i was like literally no one can get that like I'm hunched over. a cat can no well now a cat can like meow at the door and let them know that you know there's danger they can Um, can push it through the cat flap yeah pretty much yeah I live in a building so there is no cat flap there's just a stir crazy cat and I'm like yeah join the club uh but yeah I just was thinking about like oh I if I find a partner I need to get someone who's self-employed so that like I'm just afraid of dying in the shower and being found three weeks later only because the (laughs) apartment's flooded or there's a stench you know and I was just like I like you know anytime I slipped slightly in the shower it's just like oh my god I need to like get married right now to like anyone who is self-employed and works from home (laughs) so if you know like your concerns become so much different than like when you're in your 20s you know yeah, yeah. But you know what i lived on my the only time i lived on my own was in my 20s and like yeah even that you just don't do have those thoughts of like actually if, if i just fall and hit my, you just what, what's gonna happen do you know yeah. what i mean who what yeah it's, and you ultimately know, you're not around to worry about that which i guess is good but you're worrying about it now in your actual life which is bad like, yeah. if you're dead, you're like, well, shit, at least I don't have to deal with this, which is great. <laughs> but the meantime, you just feel horrible for anyone who has to find you. Yeah. So so is that a bit that you were starting to think about, obviously, when you moved in on your own? And now with the virus, it kind of makes more sense, doesn't it? That is more... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot more relevant, right? You know, prescient, but uh, well, maybe not prescient anymore because now I'm living it, but at least relevant. Um, and mm. now I've gotten the cat. I don't know that that's helpful or not. Like, she's a kitten. She doesn't know what the hell is going on. You know what I mean? Like, she barely yeah. wants to touch me as is because we've only known each other for three days and she's still being like, wow. okay, I guess you're my new normal or whatever. And then she's <laughs> like, goes from between like, I don't want you to hold me to like, I'm going to lay on your chest and try to milk your empty breasts. Um, <laughs> because that's a thing that they do. Or, and I'm just like, dude, this is insane. Um, but yeah, so, um, and so I, I was going to yeah. say, cause a lot of your stand up is like about stuff that's happened, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was wondering how, like, very... the, what, if you're stuck indoors too long, like, what would you like? How is that going to, you, you just got to try and find things to happen. Yeah. Inside of my own house. I have to like put yeah. banana peels on the floor and go, <laughs> woo, 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 and then like write down <laughs> notes about what I felt or something like I don't. <laughs> You know, I can only make jokes about stuff that's on TV, I think, because that's the only thing that's happening oh, yeah. in anyone's oh, that's house. That's a good point. 
which I guess would be cool. I need to watch more like like actual British TV and not just like Netflix and, you know, stuff that's kind of like universal, but like, you know, stuff because I think the one place where I'm not able to like, you know, we talk about, you know, jokes that work better in the UK versus the US or vice versa, you know, Mm. and I think that I can't think of. Well, there might there might be one or two specific things, but like mostly it's stuff that requires a reference, you know, because these references yes. are regional. And like, you know, when I first moved over, comics would be like, you know, oh, where are you from? Oh, you're from Hull. Oh, ha ha ha. And everyone in the audience would be like, this is uproarious, hilarious. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, because literally every town everybody's from in an audience, somebody's like, that town is shit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, is this whole country full of nothing but shit towns and like London or something? I don't know. So, <laughs> So that is a that is a common thing that everybody takes pride in in their where they come from being shit. That's that's like it's such a British thing. But it like is, do they have the same thing in the US or or is everyone just proud more just proud of where they're from? I mean, the, I think that there are more places that people universally agree are shit. But like nobody goes okay. like, oh, I'm from San Francisco and it's shit. They're like, I'm from San Francisco and it's awesome and it's the best place in the world. And you all wish <laughs> yeah. you were us. And I work for Google and make a million dollars or whatever. You know, or <laughs> so I live in New York. It's amazing. But like people are like, you're from Arkansas. Like eat a dick. You know, and everyone. <laughs> From Arkansas, I was like, yeah, I guess we have to eat that dick. Like, you know, it's not like everywhere okay. is terrible. You know? So those jokes still exist in stand up in the US, but they're just specific to the places that everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and there's some places that are controversial as to whether or not it's good or terrible, like certain places in Ohio or whatever. But yeah, like they still exist, but it's not the same sort of pride of like, I find that British people don't care if you're making fun of them as long as you're talking about them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They yeah, love yeah. it if you're making fun of them because they're like, well, we're the center of attention. That's right. Did we do something terrible? Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Spank me. Well, that, that's interesting because that, <laughs> sometimes that's how I can struggle with, like, if I'm stick to my one-liners, some audiences, you know, you get those audiences, they just want you to talk about them. That is, yeah. the comp has done it. They love it. Anyone that doesn't do it, they hate and that can be quite tough if that you just go be. in with if jokes you, yeah especially if you have no idea anything about their town you've just gotten there like I don't know how long it's taken you as someone who grew up in this country and is also a comedian who travels this country to get to know this country you know enough to talk about it you know like there are yeah. places in America that I could talk about from experience and then there are further places I could talk about from legend and rumor but like there's some places you show up and you're just like this is a town great you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like you guys have stuff. Do you like it here? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, got yeah, a strip yeah. mall. There's a Walmart like everywhere else in this country. What's it about? <laughs> you know? So, I don't, yeah. And pe- when people want you to talk about them, exclu- I don't know. Is that is that all generations? Because I've definitely put that on younger generations who are like, mm, it didn't relate to me. And it's like, um, why don't you try relating to humanity? How about that? How about yeah, get a reference yeah. beyond yourself? Like, would you find that like you get older audiences who are like, why aren't you just talking about us? Or is it a younger thing? It's interesting. I don't know. Because a lot of pro- like older kind of my parents' age audiences are like, I think they like jokes because that's when they were younger, that was the style of comedy. Yeah. So that's something that they've sort of grown up with. And I think then when observational comedy became bigger, I guess is that's kind of our generation, is it? I would have thought maybe. Yeah. 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 So then, so maybe they're, because cause I have, I had, oh, I had the best heckle the other day. What was it? <laughs> it was something like, it was a gig was going great, which was lucky. 
but it's one woman. <laughs> but this I person's like, I got a heckle com- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she, I don't think she'd ever really been to comedy before. Oh. And she went something like, he's not really developing these stories. <laughs> <laughs> that was the heckle. Oh and then my I, 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 I was, that was like, oh, and then I was, I was like, do, do, you, do you know what? Have you ever seen one line of comedy before? Yeah, pretty, and she went, re- no. <laughs> I was like, oh, you have no idea. Yeah, you just came from another planet and you were like, mm, it seems like there are all these potential offshoots for further development of stories that yeah, he's yeah. really not taking. Like, he's, she's your year nine <laughs> literature, you know, teacher or something. Like, what? Yeah. So I really ran with it. But I was like, oh, you're actually getting a lot more stories from me, just really small ones. So you're getting more value for money. Yeah. Also, the audience can do some of their own imaginative work. In fact, you were giving them so many gifts of things, stories that they could have all on their own. Yeah. <laughs> Let them know that next time she comes back and heckles, heckles you with the exact same heckle. <laughs> it was so strange. I think that might be my favorite heckle I've ever had. That's kind of beautiful. That's amazing. Just yeah. like uh, the nature of one-liner comedy, like was the mm. heckle, which I, I don't know. I love that. <laughs> so, so going back to TV shows. So, if you, because um, the thing I found with like, like you said, with like Netflix or anything like that. These days, because there's so much to watch, if you come up with a joke about a TV show, the chances are half the audience probably don't watch that TV show. That is so true. That, like you so have to that, go really broad. Like you have to yeah. have a joke about making a murderer because everybody watched that almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like even if you have a Game of Thrones joke, like I never watched that entire series. So I'm just kind of like, great. Yes. Cool. I'm going to set I, this one out. I did have one. And I thought, I assumed, because it was so popular. Because it's Game of Thrones. Like, everybody yeah. watched it, except for this one asshole who was just like, nah, not doing it. <laughs> but, I, but I guess, like, for, for that, like, you, you could, because you sort of really delve into bits, you could, I guess, could give the background of what the show is that they need and then go into it. But with one-liners... I, I haven't got that yeah, time. Yeah, no, you Cause, really Because the payoff isn't good enough for, yeah, you know. You, you just have to like, but I mean, that's part of the beauty of comedy too, is when some people love a thing, you know, and other yeah. people are like, uh, and then later on you get those other people with something that the first group of people were like, what, you know, like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it sort of does create this sort of roving conversation that is kind of happening between all parties, but that you're in, conducting entirely, which I think is sort of beautiful it just can and, feel and you terrible. can roll with that can't you you, <laughs> yeah. you can reference that fact and, and play with it i yes. suppose yeah, yeah yeah which is the beauty of having of doing one line one liner comedy or you know more shorter form things as opposed to a story that you're like i got a friggin' script we don't have any time for this do you know that they show us a yeah, light yeah. you know a minute before you have to go so <laughs> let's keep it moving have you, folks. Got, <laughs> have you got any tv show bits that you could that didn't work because of references um, well, let's see. This wasn't a TV show bit. It was I, most recently I was touring my last show. Um, uh, Desiree's coming early. And uh, at one point I make this joke that I created and it was the first time that I created a joke that I felt like was, you know, it was a short sort of line in a longer story. But that was purely British, you know, because yeah. normally I've been somewhat aware of trying to keep references out unless I can tell they're at least universal between the two countries, because sometimes I'll go back and do, you know, stuff over there that I want to still work, or, uh, okay. you know, whatever. I just am like, OK, I 
want this to be able to read to both audiences, which means I can't necessarily talk about Aye. this TV show, even though this is the perfect reference for that. I try to think yeah. of something else. Doesn't always work, but sometimes it does. But um, I was I talk about like I'm <laughs> I'm in this whole bit where I'm talking about like like the uh, ridiculousness of um, sort of uh, very stereotyped black characters that always talk about Jesus and like a white version of Jesus and like how, you know, colonizes the mind that we're all sort of like believing in a white Jesus and like dying yeah. and going to a white Jesus heaven and it's still being racist there, of course, because that's what it would be <laughs> if you're black. But also like I talk about, um, uh, you know, I, I say that the setup is, you know, or as I'm continuing the story, I'm like, you know, you have to think about it. This, you know, black man who grew up in like Jim Crow America learned about a white Jesus from white oppressors. He learned about a black, brown haired, blue eyed, nary a freckle on his face, even though he um, even though he lived and prophesied in the desert Jesus. And I say that was <laughs> Jesus's first miracle. I mean, they didn't have SPF in the year of our Lord. Um, and then I say this thing and I'm like that I'm talking about having gone to Burning Man earlier in the show. And I'm like, look, I've been in the desert for a week with white people and we talk about gamut. In, in this country that shit's beef jerky um, and it works because gammon is a phrase that we use for like a certain kind of like blethering you know oppressive white dude who's like you know yeah. like I'm in politics listen to me I look like a honeyed ham <laughs> but like we don't use the word gammon in America right. like you just have a like ham or bacon or pork chop or whatever gammon is just, a gammon steak is not a thing and we right. don't so, also- so both sides of the reference they don't have over there yeah so and they- like so it was just like when I was doing the tour shows in New York, like the one thing I was obsessing about was trying to find replacement because like we don't have like even, you know, like there was the whole Mayo Pete thing going around when Pete Buttigieg was running about like how he was super white and so like mayonnaise. But like there was no there's no other sort of fo- white food reference, particularly a meat that cooks in the sun. Right. <laughs> and I was just like I so like I couldn't like for, there were some jokes that I could translate, you know, because sometimes it's just like changing stone into pounds or you know whatever but this was literally like uh i just said the joke as i normally said it and people laughed because they didn't know what was going on (laughs) and i was just like i for some reason it worked because even though the contents made no sense it was in the shape of a joke you know like where you hear the sounds and you're like this is a joke and there's tension and here's a release even though we're confused by what the tension was and what the release was and I was am- so funny when I was that yeah, I was amazed that it still got a nice big laugh just because of the escalation of the story, even though it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and we and you kept just, moving. You, you probably just sold it so well. Yeah, that people and I was just like, okay, gonna keep moving rapidly on. <laughs> um So but beef jerky worked over here then. Yeah, so beef yes, people know enough. I mean, the great thing about being American here is that because uh the British Moody's imbibe right. so much of our media, they know a lot more about us than unfortunately we do in the reverse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're in like New York doing some jokes, people will be like a little bit more aware. But if you're in other places, people are like, I don't know. All we know is that they have cute accents. And, you know, <laughs> half the time they don't even even know that like half the actors they like are actually British, you know. So yeah. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what, the accent thing, I didn't realize I've only been to America once. I went to Indiana when a friend of mine was uh, at uni. Over oh, there. I'm sorry. You were in Indiana. <laughs> is, that, is, that, oh, is that one of the shit places? 
I mean, it's not the shittest place, <laughs> but it's just in the middle. And it's got, I mean, I, you might have listeners in Indiana who are spinning around in their hot pockets, but it's just like right in the center of, you know, it's just like, yeah. like so I had a friend who's from India. He's from Indianapolis. And he was like, he, he had this amazing, amazing joke where he was like, um, he, he said this thing about like, oh, I went to the Indianapolis 500, you know, like the big race or whatever, which is like massive. And he was like, I just never understood it. He was like, you know, they're going like, you know, 300 you know, miles per hour. And I don't understand why they didn't just drive through the wall and keep going, you know, <laughs> like they just stayed in Indiana going in circles, like just go, just get out. And it was, like, it was so brilliant. Is that just a friend of yours? Yeah, yeah. No, this is a friend of mine uh, back in New York whose name I'm going to have to give to you because now that I'm 41 it's escaping my brain because I haven't seen him in seven years but he's really (laughs) really funny and I'm going to have to go like why can't I think of his name right now because I'm trying too hard later I'll be like oh I will give you this man's name so you can attach it to this or I can say it later and you can just shove it in there Um, I'll say you know my friend Mark Steve, my friend Chris, my I don't know, it's something like that. We'll we'll have to remember later. But uh, I'll just do an impression of you and do a voiceover bit. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That one, I actually, um, I can I even say, like, I did this one for a MASH report thing that never actually made it to air because of time. And they cut the segment, Aye. which was funny. But there was a whole segment on um, on special relationship butt stuff stuff. And I, I loved it. And now it's like the apocryphal, <laughs> you know, um, butt stuff uh, segment that no one will ever see. That's amazing. Um, I'm just going to oh, I'm just going to put it out there. Bit of it today. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, so wait a second. Yeah. The, the accent thing is really powerful, I think. Um you know, uh, 
Uh, I okay, so I, I don't know if you've watched this uh, show on Netflix yet called 100 Humans. It's one of the ones that they're like no. really uh, advertising right now. Um, but they do all these social experiments on this group of 100 humans that they kind of keep contained and do all these social experiments uh, on. Cool. And they do the thing about accents, right? And they have the same woman who's a specialist in accents do a presentation, just a blanket sort of boring presentation in three different accents. She does it in the British one, like an RP sort of British one. She does in a just sort of like Colorado like sort of Western you know not Western really but just sort of like w- the Western part of America very sort of mm. blanket American accent and then she does it in a Southern American accent and for those of your listeners who don't know like the South in uh, America is maybe kind of like your North here you know where it's like you, pre- you people you know talk slower and they've got like a sweeter accent but at least in America it's associated with uh, uh, owning slaves and plantations and whatnot. so you know like a lot of the, the crap places are places in the South that like didn't quite recover from when slavery was abolished and then they continued to persecute black people and then all the black people fled and then I don't know. It's a hot mess. Anyway, that's history. <laughs> but Southern is is often looked upon as being like dumber, slower, uh, you know, more poorly educated. Um, and, you know, there is quite a lot of bias, like people who are from certain parts of the South, like will change their accent somewhat. So they're not perceived as being stupid, you know, oh, like really? backwoods, inbred, all that kind of stuff. Not to the same extent that I found that people change their accents here in the UK uh, because class is so strongly associated with accent where at least in America we have like race to battle class in terms of like you know what's gonna dominate your life um but yeah so um so they did this experiment and like when the when she did the British accent everyone's like oh my gosh her presentation was so informative she's just a joy we love her when they did the regular as sort of straight American accent they were like yeah she's okay I mean I guess I don't know why we're doing it and then when they did the southern one it's like seemed like she was really ill prepared and like I don't even know why we were sitting here and it was the exact same material with three different accents so like it really oh, does wow. we really do have this sort of veneration and I think uh, to be purely honest and sadly so from what this um, study gleaned a lot of it has to do with our perceptions of whiteness and the peak of whiteness is Britishness uh, because we have so many immigrants in America that we have to look to Britain for our like gold standard of like purity <laughs> and upper yeah. classness it's super screwed up but any form of a British accent will slide underwear off in America and I was happy to find that an American accent will do similar things to be like, I definitely get an extra point when I speak to people who haven't heard me speak yet in this country where they're just like, oh my God, I love your accent. And I'm just like, so, really? Like, Do you I, think that helps when you walk on stage and yeah, they don't know anything about you? And yeah, then, it does. It really, lets me yeah. say more things than I would be able to say if I had a British accent. Like, because wow. I'm black and American, I can get away with saying all kinds of crazy shit that I could not if I was British or like even just in society wow. I can do things and they hear the accent and go oh well she's American or like she doesn't know our ways and like you know I get uh, I'm like oh <laughs> yep the she doesn't yeah she doesn't know any better allows me to do things like when the train is too crowded and people are standing in front of the door and I go, can, can people move in? And then everyone's like, oh, uh, uh. Whereas like if I were British, people would be like, what the hell does excuse she think me? she's doing? <laughs> yeah, excuse me, sorry, you know? And like people be like, why is she talking to us? But they hear the accent and they go, oh, she just thinks she can talk to people in public and I guess we better listen and we'll just grumble, you know, in silence. And then I pretend that I don't get that they're being passive aggressive because I'm also American and not getting passive aggression. And it's great because then I just get what I want. 
I'm terrible. The more you pick it, you're picking up on it, right? Yeah. Passive aggressiveness. Yes. Yes. For certain. I mean, I've been picking up on it loud and clear, but like I've gotten to the place (laughs) where where I know. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm starting to care a little bit more. Like I've gotten to the place where I know enough to know that I'm never going to know enough, you know, which is like a very important (laughs) place of knowledge to be like, I could be here for 20 years, 30 years and still not understand some of the sort of social dynamics that are going on subtextually in a conversation between people of like, you know, everybody knows when you say this, you obviously mean never do this you know and I'm like uh why wouldn't you just say never do this then and they're like oh you just don't get it do you <laughs> so so with um so with your your so you so you toured that show you toured it in America and here yeah well I toured it mostly here in the UK and then I went to New York with it and then that was it because okay. I had some other family stuff and visa stuff to do when I was in America but yeah it was nice to you know because I sort of came up as a comedian in New York before I moved over here it's nice to be able to okay. go back there and be like here's what I'm up to and then have my old friends be like yay we came to see your show you're good woohoo <laughs> Okay, that's cool. So, did when you moved over? So, you how, what stage were you in your stand-up when you moved from New York? I mean, I I don't know. It's difficult to say. Like, I was in the middle, but still at the beginning. I was never a consistent like I'm a stand-up. Like, I define myself as a solo performer there. Like, my background was theater. I did sort of one-woman okay. shows, you know. So, and it sort of kind of uh, clarifies why I think a lot of my stand-up is more storytelling based and narrative based because that's kind of what I did in theatrical form and I was always sort of funny but then I you know and I did stand up shows and whatnot there but it was not a thing that like was a as much of a career path like you really have to go for it go for it there which means utter poverty and I was not willing or able to do that so like I always Mm. had a day job or two other part-time jobs or whatever and then kind of did shows and whatever on the side because there's just no way to make money doing that and you know even yeah, if you're I've on, heard yeah. that you're either at the top or you're yeah there's the no middle there's no there's no yeah. radio gigs there's no panel shows there's none of that stuff that allows you to have a sort of decent career as a jobbing comedian you know that mm. you've got here there you're either sort of on the road making nothing you know uh or you've got a show on abc and there's very little in between and everyone's just trying to get a show on something you know and yeah. then otherwise making a million you know, webisodes of some series that hopefully will get picked up and probably will never get looked at, you know? (laughs) So when you came over, did you start from scratch or did you use the stuff that you were Oh God, of course I used the the stuff that I was (laughs) doing. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So, I'm, so like, like, I'm not, I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot. I moved over here when I was 35. I was like, I'm not starting over shit. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> if I was a decade younger, I'd be like, okay, well, let's go out there and do a bunch of gigs and meet people. But, like, I'd done the Fringe a couple times before I moved over. So I had some friends okay. and some connections that way. And, yeah. you know, with, uh, with a theater show that I brought. But then I would do some of the stand-up gigs. But, like, you know, I was just like, I have to go hard because my visa says I can only work as a comedian right which so I can't Mm. have any day job which means like 
I both used stuff that I had been doing and then also deemed a lot of it was just like not uh, applicable or accessible and also started over and started sort of just like doing mics, hustling for gigs, doing that whole thing. But I was like, why yeah. would I ever, you know, why would I ever disadvantage myself by being like, I'm going to wipe the slate clean. It's like, no, always, always go into a fight with sand in your hands. Like, what's wrong with you? Do you, know what so, did you did, so did you start strong or did, were the first, what were the first gigs like when you, when you were doing the, the gear that you'd use in America? Like, did it all I, translate okay? I mean, most of it did. Do you know, like some of it you were like, okay, what a lot of that you're going to figure out before you even go on stage where you're like, oh, I could do that st- stuff because, you know, it's about me. I can talk about me and tell you this yeah. thing happened to me or this is what I look like. And, you know, like the stuff about, you know, just sort of body stuff, like being a big black woman translates into every culture and you can talk about like what the perceptions are based on that or what your experiences might be. And people go like, yeah, we get that you know so that's pretty ubiquitous it's uh rare to find a place where people are like yeah we don't know what you're talking about like being black huh what's that like <laughs> everywhere you go in the world's like uh i hear it's hard so go for it uh you know so like you know i uh like uh, some of that stuff worked well but then i was also writing new stuff you know and like some of that stuff like worked and turned into material and some of it was just like i never quite figured out you know like how to make that work and also I don't know if I have any sort of claim to talk about these things because they're like just observations about Britishness or whatever and I don't know if I'm mm. right or if there's like an actual reason for this like we were talking about accent stuff before and this one bit that I had was like it's not even a bit it's just sort of like when I would drive around with my ex like his favorite game was asking me to pronounce town names and then laughing you know because I couldn't (laughs) you know because I would always pronounce them like they're spelled like a fucking loser and not you know you know and there's this weird like I couldn't quite put my finger on it but I was like it's it's a sign of like British elitism to be like oh you think it's pronounced how it's spelled (laughs) Like, I guess you just have to know, like, there's something about like the, I guess you just have to be in on the joke or be in the club, you know, in order to understand how it's really pronounced, you know? And so like, this is the way that we figure out that you're not one of us at all. It's just like, we have you try to pronounce, you know, Isleworth. And when you say like, Isleworth, they're like, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Like, I was like, why, why do we live in Streatham and not Streatham? But then it's also Lewisham just next door, not Lewis like I don't how does this work are there rules and then he would just be like why would you think there are rules and it was his favorite game forever and I never quite sorted out like how to present that and if it was just gonna if everyone in my British audience would just be like yeah of course that's the way it works like why are you even joking about this do you know what I mean yeah yeah. So, did, so you would, so you would have tried that, just just relaying that. Yeah, story, I mean, did I did it at like a mic or two, you know, and people were like, "Oh, ha," huh. you know, and I'm like, I, I, I wish I could, and I don't know if there's just there's no way for them to see my perception of it, of like. You know, because yeah. I think the British response is, why would you think there'd be rules? It's just like, you know, all of these villages merged together and then we decided, you know, and they, they told us how it's pronounced and that's the inside joke. And you just have to know one of them to know how it's pronounced or whatever. I don't yeah. know what it is. Because like, there could be something in the, because um, Americans always pronounce the ham, don't they? In like yes, Birmingham. Yes, exactly. Because we like ham. We don't have gammon. So we got to say that. Yeah. Because <laughs> there could be something in venue. T- could could you, is there a joke in something about like 
then later or just straight after saying something about having a cheese a, a cheese and um sandwich or something do you know what i mean so w- when you actually <laughs> would use pronounce ham you then do it <laughs> cheese and um <laughs> cheese and um sandwich or so, stuff like that. that that sounds like quite cool like, yeah that yeah exactly i think you're right if i if i gave more specific examples of how it's you know of of being like this is crazy you realize if you had a cheese and um sandwich like <laughs> you're like i don't know what i'm eating but i think it's good or maybe i'm gonna throw up i don't know what um <laughs> means that's it that's a reaction when you eat you're like mm. yeah, hmm, hmm, just, Not just sure. questionable yeah i mean particularly if you get one of these you know tesco value uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> although although herb you're all over that h you guys are all over that H. That is the one H. All of the other H's in the language go into herb. <laughs> and how do you say it? Do you say herb? No. Well, way? Americans say herb. Yeah, oh, it's, it's like, the opposite. Oh, it's yeah, it's it? what oh, we always do the opposite thing. My good friend Cecil Baldwin <laughs> was like, my the, the difference in British and American English can be summed up in the phrased uh, fast taco. Because how would you say that? Fast taco. Yep. <laughs> exactly. What did you say we say fast. Uh, fast taco. So everything you ah we ah, but and everything we uh, you ah we ah. You know, so what it's I mean? like Southern English because like Northern English go would say fast. Oh, okay. So maybe we're a little bit more like the North in terms of the way that we do English or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was it was the 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 fast taco. So like every time I think something should be pronounced with an ah, I try it with an ah, and then people are like, oh, well done. And I'm like, ah, I see. I'm starting to get it. Desiree Birch! Awooga! Yes, Awooga. I've got myself together now. I'm going to be more professional in this outro, Joel. I'll believe it when I hear it. Yes. Hashtag Awooga to Desiree Birch. Thank you for joining any feedback at Jokes with Mark on all social medias. If you like the podcast, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. That would be lovely, wouldn't it, Joel? We always like hearing I'd love from it. people. Yeah, and uh, if you want to support the podcast, go to our Patreon uh, forward slash Mark Jokes with Mark, I think. Yep, um, it is. And we really appreciate that. Thank you very much for everybody that has already signed up. Um, we've got an episode coming to you on Thursday. I don't even know what episode it is yet, Joel. Well, it'll be a surprise, not only we've for the two, listener, but for us. We've got too many to choose from. Yeah, well, we'll choose one of those. Yeah. Anything else <laughs> uh, you want to talk about, Joel? Nothing from me, Mark. Anything from uh, you, Mark? Oh, no, I wasn't doing that bit. Oh, I genuinely was just wondering if you had anything else. Oh, anything else from you, Joe? Nothing from me, Mark. Anything from you, Mark? Nothing from me, Joe. Hashtag Ooga, everybody. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.